Welcome to the podcast that's designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another series on CX. Today, we're talking about how to unleash CX excellence, and we're journeying into the omni-channel world. Today, though, special guest, longtime chief technology officer of 8x8, Brian Martin. Brian, welcome. Josh, thanks. Great talking to you again. Uh, so, so Brian, as we as we kind of kick this thing off, uh, I, I always love to hear the origin story, everybody's personal journey. Tell us about, uh, have you always been in technology? Did you start out, you know, washing cars and said, I don't like that anymore? Uh, how did you get here? Yeah, no, I started out at Taco Bell, to be perfectly transparent. <laughs> yes. But um, um, in college, I was torn between, I'd always done music through, uh, you know, my high school years, was in a rock band, was a classically trained guitarist, but loved engineering. My dad was a mechanical engineer and worked for IBM, could bring home. IBM, you know, what, what was then not a PC, but, um, on weekends I got to play, you know, text-based Star Trek on that. And, um, but got, got to school in college and, and was overwhelmed by the music, musical talent around me. So I thought I better, uh, keep my day job and, and get trained as an engineer. So, um, joined up here at eight by eight, right out of school. Um, first became CTO of the company back in 95 when we were a, Kind of vendor of these technologies to people like you know lucent was our largest customer british telecom a bunch of the service providers and equipment manufacturers um the dot-com bust hit lucent went in one year from being our largest customer to our smallest customer <laughs> um and i became ceo of the company as we tried to pivot into the service provider business and relaunch the company as a service provider in 2002 and that's what we've been doing ever since so that's the story. Love it. Love it. Uh, so so I, I want to get into what your flavor and, and, and what you think CX is in 2023, but maybe just for anybody that, that is not familiar with 8x8, give us a real quick run of the land. Who are you? What's your focus? Uh, and, and kind of what's going on over there? Yeah. So um, company is publicly traded. Our, our, we're named after the basic building block of video compression. So we actually did video before voice. So it's, it's eight pixel by eight pixel blocks that, that back in the day today, if we named ourselves it'd be one by two, because the, the uh, precision of video compression has come way down as compute power has gone way up. But, um, you know, 20 plus year provider of business unified communications that's where we got our start. We started uh, selling contact center in 2011. So we're now a 12 year veteran in the contact center space. We started in inbound voice um, and that's still what we're known for in contact center. But I will tell you 2015, we really started working on chat. And a couple of years later, we started winning contact center deals against you know digital chat only vendors and specialists. Um, but we, we've really filled in the whole spectrum. So reporting, analytics, quality management, speech analytics, um, CPaaS. We bought a little CPaaS company in 2018, have integrated that into the platform. Uh, and we've also, you know, I think what's different about 8Byte is we embraced other workplace environments that, that end users want to work out of. So became a very large partner of Microsoft Teams. Uh, you know, I think we launched in 2020, but we were working on it for a year and a half before that. 
and we've got 350,000 seats of, uh, of Teams users out there today too. So everything a business needs to communicate, whether it's voice, video, digital, SMS, fax, email, uh, voicemail, put voicemails in queues still for some companies, um, you can come to us and we've got a single, single provider, single vendor, single platform to do it. Awesome. Uh, all right. Now talk to me about, you know, we, we, we grew up in unified communications contact center and now we're today we're calling it CX, right? Yeah. So, so talk to me about from your perspective, what does CX mean in 2023 and why is this still so critically important? So the problem any business has today is the customer experience bar has been set so high by companies like amazon.com by Apple I can go order an Apple Watch and Apple will offer for, I think, $9 to, to drive it over to my doorstop within two hours. Um, you know, Amazon, I can return something without having to box it. I just literally drop it at some curbside drop off and it's done. And my credit's there the same day. And it's just to operate at that level when you're when you're not Amazon or Apple is is you know something that you have to do because your customers are beginning to expect that. So I think in 2023 businesses of all sizes are how do we how do we hit that speed mark? How do we make it convenient? How do we make it consistent? How do we make it friendly? How do we the one connector that kind of ties everything together? is that human touch and it's like how do i make connections to my end customers by making the technology that you talked about the old ccas ucas stuff we got to make that feel more human and we've got to enable our employees in the business to deliver that better experience to the end customer otherwise you're just you're kind of irrelevant your brand's going to go away fair uh, let's, let's talk about trends now. Uh, we, we've, you know, seeing this the last 5, 10, 15 years, we've seen some crazy trends. So uh, from your perspective, what are the trends that you're seeing here over the last 12 plus months from a CX perspective? Yeah, I think, um, and it kind of mirrors, you know, 8 Bytes journey is digital is now everywhere. And, and we certainly saw that coming. I've got two boys in their 20s you know, under, under pain of death, will they make a phone call to actually get something resolved? So they don't want to talk to anyone. And, and you're, that demographic will continue to shift. Um, and it's already happening. Uh, I hesitate to say it with you, but AI actually matters. It's, it's more than a buzzword, even though it's become a common headline that, that means nothing kind of because it's a headline. Um, the other thing that's always driven me nuts in, in the contact center world, even going to the traditional on-prem contact center days was, was handoffs, whether it's, it's from a human to a human, whether it's a bot to a human, like they have to actually work. And, and what I mean by that is don't ask me the end customer to re-authenticate myself. I just spent 20 minutes talking to your bot and convincing it that I am the customer. And now I get on with a human. And the first thing you do is, well, can you tell me what your, your four digit code is? Yeah, can you the, last basics, four of your social, right? like, like at least I've authenticated, let's not make them do that again. And then I think um, the context of what the bot did or what the last human did, like hand that off too, because don't start from step one in your flow chart of how we're going to serve this customer. It's amazing to me how even large enterprise contact centers that are supposed to be these award-winning, you know, customer experiences, a lot of them don't implement that. The moment you get transferred to someone else, you start over again. 
And it's always driven me nuts. And I'm finally seeing the technology catch up where it makes it easy for our customer to actually do that right and, and actually delight a customer by shortening the whole interaction. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. We, we talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, for, for our partners that are listening, we always encourage everybody, put yourself in the shoes of your customer's customer. And, yep. you know, because they're asks her, well, how do I approach these? And we're going to get into some good questions on this, but how do I approach them? How do I talk to them? We have to be empathetic and we got to see what's going on and put us in the customer's customer's shoes. And and when you do that, uh, you inevitably just go find your prospects and, and test that experience out and see yep. what that's like. It's a good yep. point. Uh, okay, so so then coupling on that, uh, we'll 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 look forward a little bit here out into the to the future. Where do you see that goes then, right? With my ominous music, uh, where do you see that that goes? What what do you see AI or or whatever your future is successfully or unsuccessfully impacting? Yeah, I, I'm not sure my answer is going to match the the dramatic flair of the music, <laughs> but we'll we'll go there anyway. Um, what we're seeing is the continued collapse of customer engagement with the traditional world of UC. And what I mean by that is, and I really hate this term, but it, it's really one of the better terms I've heard to describe it. Um, it's what we have internally called the informal contact center. It's, it's basically can be knowledge workers. It could be sales associates. Think of like a a retail brick and mortar store of the future. And I want my sales associates walking the floor with tablets interconnected with a gigabit connection. And I want them doing like voice and video contact center interactions with the customers that are on the floor, contacting the, the e-commerce site, getting things to, you know, that, that really white glove experience. But for me to ask the sales associate to actually operate within a traditional contact center agent workspace doesn't make a lot of sense. And so what I have to present on the tablet is something that looks more like a traditional UC soft phone, but one that has access to these contact center capabilities and analytics and everything that comes along with that. Um, you think about agent assist, like now I'm able to assist the sales associate directly in real time while they're interacting with, with the person in the store of the future. And so what we see is we think the world and, and unfortunately the analysts get paid by the, by the research note or by the quadrant or whatever they're publishing these days. And so they want to keep the world separate, but we really see those two worlds blending and I think you're going to start to see that collapse accelerate. And if, if you look at what, you know, eight by eight's really working on with a lot of our R and D and we've got a labs program where we, where we can bring real live production traffic into a sandbox and actually tweak it. So the interface is right. Uh, I think you're going to see that informal contact center really start to appear in, in day-to-day communications applications. Fair. Good. Uh, let's talk about, uh, verticals. Uh, I, I, I want, you know, as the partners listen to this, I, I, I want them obviously to learn a lot about you and your technology and the problems that you're solving, but, but where should they be targeting? I guess what, <laughs> what industries are there verticals? I mean, everybody yeah. needs help on CX, I suppose. It's really yeah, a hard question. My, my, but... my answer was going to be everyone. Um, so <laughs> there is no vertical. Just a little. Is there but, any but more? But if you start to refine, so a couple themes, right? So, so smaller businesses are struggling more to keep up with this customer engagement shift, right? Because they, they don't have the resources, they don't have the budget in IT, they don't have the, the personnel. So suddenly 
autom automation and bots that actually work become super important. If I can get 50% call deflection and get CSAT to go up, like that small business thinks this is, you just walked on water. And I'm, so I, so I think that's something we are seeing across the board. Um, I also think you're, you're, Another way to say everyone, I'll, I'll refine everyone needs this to go on any website. I was just on a city website who had invested in a chat bot and I was, and I won't name the city because I don't want to embarrass them. So I start secret shopping that I'm like, oh, they got a chat bot. This is a, this is a modern city, 21st century city. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I convinced the city that I'm a resident. Um, <laughs> I told it my first name. Uh, and then I, it said, okay, what do you want? And I said, I need to order garbage service. I, I just moved into the city. How do I get garbage service? And the thing spun for five minutes, literally spun. Like I, I had left the window. I'd gone on to something else. And then suddenly I heard the response tone and I came back and it had provided a URL. Garbage service info is available here. I clicked the URL and I got a 404 not found. <laughs> so it still didn't work. But when I met with the city the next day, I said, hey, I was playing with your bot last night. And you guys using a human behind that to actually answer the questions? And, and so the answer would be anyone that's got a bot on their on any corporate or government website that doesn't actually work, like those are people to target. And they're super easy to find because almost every bot out there is going to do things like what I just described. And I suppose there's a there's a I love that. That's probably one of my favorite pieces of advice is go experiment with what your prospects or, or your customers have right now. Maybe two things to that. We have a lot of people that ran out and bought stuff in a hurry in 2020 and tried to make do and, and, and just get by. And so for sure now, obviously you've got these contracts coming up, you've got uh, opportunity there, but I, I, you bring up a good point to probably drive home is just because you see that they have stuff uh, doesn't mean it works great. So yeah. push it past step one, past step two, uh, and, and, and just test it out and try. It's a great point. Uh, let's, all right, let's get into the weeds here. Uh, I, I, I want to talk about a deal. So I, I like, and, and what we call out on this part of the, the, the podcast is things don't always end up as they seem. Uh, right. <laughs> they, they might start out of like, hey, Brian, I need your help on this deal of uh, this. This customer needs, uh, you know, to lift and shift this old phone system or whatever. Right. And you right. get into it. It's just something completely different. So, you know, we're talking about the journey and the journey into Omni, Omni channel and all that stuff. But yeah. walk me through an opportunity. What did it look like? What did they have? What was the problem? And what actually uh, ended up going in? Yeah. So, um we recently closed uh, a relatively large deal with a Tolaris partner. So you, you'll be happy to hear about mm -hmm. this. Um, and they're, they're well into their deployment now and it's going very well. Medical and disability services firm. And just, just to size it, like six figure monthly recurring revenue and probably you know seven figure total contract value easily. And so what we were told going into the deal was, you know, legacy UC that's no longer supported and trying to figure out what to do with MS teams. But as we started actually meeting with the customer, we, we always start with kind of these high level listening workshops where, you know, we're not coming in to present until we actually know to your point, what the customer needs. And it turned out they had roughly a thousand uh, seat contact center application that had moved to the cloud but had been experiencing severe 
<laughs> reliability and liability, as the customer explained to me, because, because it was costing them so much. And, you know, I love these use cases and, and I kind of call it people that have kind of, they've moved to the first generation cloud, like they made the move. Maybe that wasn't the right move in retrospect and, and they don't have the right SLA or the right provider, whatever it is. But the, the cool thing about these use cases then is, you know, one of the things I fight is the cost of doing nothing. Like customers that have depreciated contact center systems don't have to do anything. They can just keep going with what they have. But when you've got outage issues, um, the cost of doing nothing is, is already been established by the customer. I don't have to explain to them how much it's yeah. costing them. And then they, they also had a, we uncovered a really deep, they use Zoho to run the business. And so needed a deep integration with Zoho, which has been one of our long-term uh, integration partners. So we actually went from the executive workshops to what we call chair sides, where we, we come on site. We've started doing virtual chair sides in the last year because contact center agents typically are virtual now. So that's not unusual. This one, we were able to actually come on site, which I think is much more effective because I can see everything the agent is doing and how their processes work and which screens and how many windows and how many clicks. And when you're virtual, like we can see their desktop, but we're not, you don't always see the whole picture, but we spent about a half day uh, collecting the info. We interviewed agents, watched them work, talked to the supervisors. And then, you know, what eight by eight does in a, in a large pre-sales deal like that is we'll come back with a, you know, 30 to 40 page kind of findings and recommendations. These are the things we think you could do. Here are some tools that eight by eight supplies that we think would be super relevant to look at. And we went from that readout to a very small proof of concept to, to just show them. And we, we picked jointly 10 success criteria and, you know, the deal closed two to three months after that. So it, it was, it's a very typical engagement. I really encourage your partners, like even in the discovery phase, if you can get on site and, and watch what's going on in the contact center, you'll learn a lot by just being a fly on the wall. I love it. Uh, I love defining success criteria because we just, sometimes we go into these thinking, well, if we just show them cool technology and wow them, like, yeah, they're just, they're going to sign here and press hard. Uh, but if we don't flush out, you know, what's your, what's your needs versus your yeah. wants and what success, I think that's just sometimes such an overlooked part of the process, right? For so you're sure. just watching these things, click, 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 got it, done deal. Yeah. And, and every vendor of technology is going to come in with the greatest story since the wheel. You know, everyone says their stuff's the greatest and the best and the biggest. And honestly, at that stage, you should really be just listening and, and having a conversation, not, not pushing your, your, your slideware at the customer. You know, uh, it, it reminds me of this, uh, a, 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 you know, talking about, I think, the, the preface for what made us come up with this question for this podcast was, we had a partner ask us, hey, will you just, just come out with me? I, I, I think there's something weird. Uh, you know, here's what the customer's telling me, but it doesn't quite make sense. And there's a political battle from sea level to director over the contact center. So I'm going <laughs> to thrust you right into the middle of it. Yeah. And, 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 and the, 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 so we had the executive meeting first and they said, you know, we, we believe our demographic is, is college students, right? It was a, it was a college and, and we think our demographic for our college students we just know that none of them are going to want to talk to us, right? They made some assumptions and uh, I suppose a, a fair assumption, right? Uh, we're all going through that of, of where our kids don't want to talk to us. They want to text, whatever. Yeah. But uh, they, they said, we've actually gotten rid of voice because of um, how busy we are. And, and we think that's the right decision. So, you know, come in, 
get some feedback, blah, 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 blah. And, and it was, it was crazy. The simplest thing. I mean, in the first hour, so overwhelming sitting with the agents and when we ask them, right, when the manager's not over their shoulder, yeah. are people happy that you guys got red voice? Oh, my gosh, yeah. no. All they ask us for is the number <laughs> because awesome inevitably our, our stuff is really complicated and sometimes oh. we just can't solve it on the front end. And so uh, we need to call. Like, that really is the purpose. Stuff. That so, yes. is the purpose of the chair site. And, and honestly, the some contact center managers or supervisors will be very uncomfortable of the notion that you want to sit alone with their agent for 20 minutes. I'm telling you, you have to. It's the yeah. only way to find out what's really going on. So that, that's a great story, Josh. Love it. All right. Uh, pro tips from Brian Martin. Uh, let's talk about if I'm a partner, uh, maybe maybe I haven't ventured into CX yet. Maybe I'm focused on cloud or I'm security or I'm network resting WAN or whatever, something totally different. Maybe I'm a new partner. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big, big fan uh, of the probing questions of ask the question and just listen. So with yeah. regard to kind of what we've talked about, uh, what are some of those great questions or a strategy that yeah. you would give to our partners if they're all excited and they're ready to go uncover opportunities for you? What are you advising them to say? Yeah, so there there are very simple, like process-oriented questions you can ask. It's things like, you know, in your customer engagement, where, where your business touches your customers, um, do you ever use spreadsheets to, to schedule or to figure out, uh, you know, how many people are we going to need? How many, how do you forecast how, how the business is growing and, and how you're improving? What's your call deflection strategy is one of my favorite, like opening questions to just open up the whole notion that there is a world where humans don't need to be involved. And, you know, the funniest thing people don't understand yet is it's not about getting fewer humans. It's about the humans who are the agents being happier because they're not having to spend their day answering stupid questions, which 50% of the callers or interactions are about. And so it's, it's like you, you will retain more call center employees by automating the stuff that humans really shouldn't be dealing with. So, so I think those are, those are some questions I always get in trouble and I, I know I've been doing it on this call. So never use the word contact center until you know what the business calls its customer engagement function. Never ever use the word agent. And I know I've been using it the whole call. It's what we refer to it internally as, as that interface and that, that workflow. But honestly, like I made the, I learned the mistake the first time I was in front of one of the public service, you know, national toll-free, you know, service lines in front of their national convention. And I started talking about agents and how we're going to improve the, and literally a woman in the first row stood up and said, I am not an agent. I am a social worker. <laughs> so you've got to figure out what the business calls its customer engagement people. And you better start using their terminology like hour zero. Um, and same goes for supervisor. And a lot of groups will will take offense if you when you're making that inquiry about the contact center function, never use the word contact center because they may not think of themselves that way. That toll free national line didn't think of itself as a contact center. It was like a, a help facility. So, um, you know, those those are some things. And we've already talked about like, don't don't dive off on your tech and your feature set and all these vendors that you can bring in to the to do X, Y and Z. You, you've really. What, what customers want to be convinced of is the stories you can tell about other organizations that are similar to where they are, how you're going to work with the vendor community to remove risk, 
how you're going to guarantee a successful outcome and, you know, do a lot of listening The the customer, I, I do love like some of the tools we use chorus.ai now for all of our, it's got a little eight byte note taker that pops mm-hmm. up. And one of the things I always looked at is how, how much did our sales team talk and the partner team versus the customer and in meeting, meeting number one, customer better be doing almost all the talking because your job right there is just to, to go gather that info. So that would be kind of a random list of tips. Uh, Great hopefully advice. that helps. Love that. Uh, that's such a, again, it's a basic thing, but it's so overlooked. You have an agenda, you get rolling on that agenda and yeah, man, I'm going to get through it. Never, ever, ever. So I, that's the worst part about PowerPoint, right? It, we, we talk oh, about death by PowerPoint, but it locks yes. you into what you're going to say. And honestly, you need to listen and then react and ask more questions. You I, I hate people that can't like divorce themselves from the presentation that they made the day before to go in with and yeah. read the not room, the, not the right approach. The room, listen to the audience and just, just adjust. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Examples are great. All right. Uh, as we wrap this up, right. Uh, you know, eight by eight been around a long time. Uh, you've continued to evolve tech to focus on CX uh, from a, from a future and, and, and prediction perspective. Anything you want to share kind of about where you're at, where you're going, or anything that you want us to pay attention to of just disruptive things that uh, you want us to be cognizant of? Yeah, so I, uh, I think two things, right? So number one, and I alluded to kind of how we view the world of teams as a partner, not as a competitor, not trying to like push eight by eight mobile apps if, if a team's mobile app is what the customer wants. Same thing is going on. We, we've launched this year, uh, we call it the technology partner ecosystem, but it's, it's really super tight integrations with strategic partners that we want to feel native with the 8Byte platform. We, we typically sell them on our paper. It's included on the same bill, but it's a, it's a much tighter integration than what you'll find in some of the app stores and extensions uh, stores that are out there. Uh, with with a lot of our industry, so that's a that's a new strategy for a bite. We 2018, I was trying to hire AI specialists out of IBM Watson and build everything ourselves, and we're going to do everything. I can build that AI better than what what we just saw, and um, it was a mistake because the, the space is moving too quick, and there's just too too many specialists out there and too much VC money uh, behind them, and and people are going to have breakthroughs, and you better be able to adapt to that. So. We want to continue to own our platform and be like the source of truth at, at the core center of a customer solution. But we are now rapidly embracing third-party solutions with tight native integrations that are curated by eight by eight. And and I so I think that's one thing that we're going to do. And I think it's disruptive because most of our competitors aren't looking at that as a strategy. They're still trying to build everything. And then number two, the other thing that um, it, it's near and dear to my heart, but it's, it's starting to come true is video as a channel in the contact center. And it's not a two-way video. You know, we, 8Byte owns a, uh, we're, we're the largest sponsor of uh, Jitsi, J-I-T-S-I, which is the world's largest open source platform for, for video meetings. And we, we've got a hardened version of Jitsi that's always been included in our platform. But we're seeing use cases now where the agent, I'm in a voice interaction with you, but I really need to see the actual like part on the radiator that's leaking so that I can make sure my technician has that on his or her truck when we do the truck roll. And the agent can now SMS to the end customer a link. One click on the link on the mobile phone will bring up a prompt that says this site wants to use your camera 
are you going to allow that or not allow? End customer just has to click allow. And now the agent can see through the video device that's in the end customer's hands. We can validate that that's the right radiator part. We'll make sure we've got that on the truck and it's on its way. And now we're going to have one truck roll. And we've seen this in uh, property management, insurance applications. Um, most recently, a company in the UK called Holiday Taxi, who's literally like, like their agents are sitting around with nothing to do because things have been automated so much. And there's not all these repeat calls and escalations and tier two. And um, so we're seeing lots of cases where video is relevant. It's, it's not to see the agent, it's for the agent to see the world. And I think that's got legs uh, longer term as, as we continue to build that story out. So I think that's disruptive. I think um, you need to be with a with a partner that uh, is able to accommodate, you know, that dynamic evolution and disruption. But th those are some things we're working on that are really cool. Awesome, gold nuggets. Everybody, go rewind and listen to that. Uh, good <laughs> stuff, man. All right, Brian, that wraps us up. I really uh, appreciate you coming on and doing this. Got awesome yeah, stuff for sure, Josh. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, everybody, that wraps us up for today. I'm your host, Josh Lepresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, Brian Martin, Chief Technology Officer at 8x8. Till next time, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.